welcome to Cultivate with Chelsea, the podcast that supports perinatal women and navigating life postpartum. I'm your host and new mama friend, Chelsea Barbeen, here to talk about all the things they don't tell you to expect after you're expecting. All right, mama, your time is more valuable than ever now, so let's dive in. It's time to cultivate. I'm trying so hard to be quiet, which is not easy for me. <laughs> oh my God. I like, as I'm like scanning my screen, I can just see you in the corner of my eye and I'm like biting my tongue. I'm like, do not giggle. Do not giggle. Oh my oh, God. Okay. How are you? I'm good. Can you hear me? Because obviously I'm in my car. Yeah. No, I'm I like, can hear you great. I'm like, she has headphones on. Should I have headphones on? No, you're Does all good. Does it make it better? Because I have them. Do you, I, lost- I mean, you can plug them in if you have if you want to do that. No, this is good. I used to have AirPods, and one of my kids ran away with one. So I, I'm literally never going to buy them again because it's just a disaster. <laughs> it's so funny. We the first pair that we had, we were gifted. Yeah, and I was like, I'm never buying these. Why would I buy? Like, I have them gifted to me. Right, and then. Colin ended up buying a pair for me. I don't remember why. I'm pretty sure he bought them for me. Maybe I bought them for me. I'm like, I like lose track. I'm like over the eight years, which is not that long of being together. I'm like, yeah. I forget what we got each other. That's probably yeah. awful to admit. And then I also am like, what have I gotten you? So then I don't get a repeat of it, you know? Yes. Yes. Um, <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not a big fan of the AirPods. Um, well, after doing some research... Yeah, I'm not really either just because of like the radiation and whatnot to have them in long term. I think it's okay here and there, but I wouldn't keep them in all the time. And I always yell at my husband because he likes to sleep with headphones in, listening to podcasts to go to bed. That's sort of what helps him settle down at night. And I'm like, you can't have that in all night. Like you need to (laughs) unplug literally. Mm -hmm. But he doesn't listen. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I mean, Hopefully you I, guys listen to me. <laughs> don't sleep with your headphones on. No, I'm like the I'm the partner in bed where like I will be laying there and I know I'm like too jittery. Like I didn't like did not do my normal wind down routine and I'm just like yeah. getting myself to go to bed because I'm like, holy shit, it's 1030. She's probably gonna wake up and cry out at like 11, 1130, because you know how that goes. That like yeah. first couple of hours that it's like I don't even know why. And I'm like, Colin, do you mind if I put a meditation on? Like, I just like need this to fall asleep. And it's like my yoga nidra, like sleepy mama bear. And they're like, you've done so much. Yeah, you've done so much throughout the day, mama. And I'm just like giggling. So I'm like, he's listening to this lying next to me, probably like rolling his eyes. That's adorable. But then like also, because, you know, I don't want to sleep with the headphones in. And it's always like on my nightstand. So it's not like on my bed. And it's just, I just like giggle. I'm like, God, you really love me. Like you really love me to be listening to this right now. Yeah. I have the hatch down machine for the kids. Really. It's for me. I put it on full blast with white noise because that is the only way I can fall asleep. If there's quiet, it's not going to happen. I'll just stare at the ceiling. Yeah. Yeah. That was honestly like such a unknown blessing and welcome of Frankie, like co-sleeping in our room with us in the beginning. Like I didn't even think about that. And then when we decided to eventually transition her over, I was like, oh my God, I just spent like nine months with like this 
sound machine. What are we going to yeah. do? Yeah. Just get another one. That's, well, I, that's, that's I know, I, I know. <laughs> I mean, we sleep with like all the doors open. So like we yes. can hear everything and like also yeah. the flow of like yeah. the air and the heat and we're yes. in a three story townhome. So it's just like the third floor is either roasting or it's yeah. like super cold and we're just like yeah. trying to regulate. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. These are the things you don't think about when you're a homeowner. <laughs> no, when we're buying, I'm like, we could do steps. I'm going to be in great shape. I can take three flights of stairs all the time. Like, don't worry about groceries. I'm going to have a driveway in a garage, like whatever. And then now I'm like, oh, oh my, my God. God, it's so hot up here and the sun like sets yeah. in the front and that's where her room is. And it's like 80 degrees in there when we're trying to get her down for bed. I'm like, holy shit. But yeah. anyways. Anyhow. <laughs> um, wow. Welcome, everyone. We're already off on tangents. Shocker. Um, I am so excited that we are finally doing this. Me too. I thank you for your patience because the month of September was uh, just a blur. I mean, with the back to school germs and other things going on, it was just like a really rough time. And it generally always is. And I forget that when I make plans, I swear God laughs. Like I should just not book anything in September knowing full well we'll be sick. And then that's fine. And once you like accept it and come to terms with it and don't resist it, it makes it doable when you're exhausted for like three weeks straight. Um, But when you resist it, I feel like that's when you really, you start to get sick because you're like, why am I fighting this? Just Let's just all get sick together and let it pass. Yeah. 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 We're actually in the thick of that ourselves. I just the other day was like down for the count. (laughs) I was, I was no joke. Thank goodness Frankie was with my mother-in-law that day because, you know, when you send them off to school, you're just like waiting for the phone call. If you know that like someone in the family is like not feeling great, you're like, oh no, just wait. And, um, but thankfully she was with her and I actually slept the entire day. Like, wow. That's great. Oh yeah. I mean, I got up at one point, like trying to like, you know, be a human. And I was like, nope, no. Nope. I was literally on a call from my bed and I'm like, what am I doing? Like every yeah. minute I'm like sinking lower into the sheets. I'm like, I just need to hang up. Like, yeah. who am I trying to pretend to be? Like yeah. if I don't take a minute to rest, then while I don't have her here, well, yeah. you know, yeah. When am I going to rest? And then I'm going to feel like shit the next day and then the next day and it's just going to get even worse. So anyways, I knock on wood, feel like over the hump. Colin was like kind of teetering for a minute. I'm like, oh God, oh God, no. <laughs> um, but I'm just happy for us both that we're like, we're on through the it. We're, we're on the mend. That's my favorite thing. We are on the mend. When anyone yes. asks what I'm doing, on the mend. <laughs> Yes, but it's oh good God. that you got rest. That you're very lucky to have help and get rest because that's huge. Thank that's you. That's huge. Yeah. Thank you. Um, extra, extra gifts for her. <laughs> seriously, I know. Seriously. I'm like, yeah, yeah, come Christmas, like spoiling. Um, yeah. What a great segue, though, into our topic for today. First of all, did not officially introduce you, all, sure. but I'm also like <laughs> – Again, like welcome, welcome to the combo, everyone. Um, I actually love starting conversations like this. I feel like you join in, they know what they're getting into, they see the title, they can read yeah. the description if they want. Yeah. Whatever. Anyways, um, guys, we have Noelle joining us today. 
I'm going to let you do like your official intro because I was reading your bio and I'm like, girlfriend, when do you have time to do all of this? Like literal bow down. And, but I want to share a really brief little intro. Um, Noelle and I met probably four years ago now, four years ago, which feels crazy. Yeah. yeah almost four. Um, March, I would say. Yeah. So, okay. Three and a half, almost four years. And we met through our interest of holistic living and through oils, quite honestly. And we've never officially met in person, which is wild when I think about this. (laughs) I was talking with Casey about this the other day and I was like, oh yeah, actually I've never met Noelle in real life. And she's like, really? I'm like, yeah, but like, you know, some people you just like don't need to meet in real life. Like it's, I don't know. You just, anyways, Noelle was one of those people. It was 2020. I mean, we had to be virtual. So yeah. Think about it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And you were expecting your second. I was. Yep. And yep. now you have three under five. Yep. Whole like blessed. Yeah. I'm literally blessed. <laughs> um, and really fun fact, you guys. So Noelle and I actually realized that we had the same due date with our little girls. I know. That's crazy. That's crazy. So wild. Yes. That's definitely serendipitous. I mean, we found out that we were, I think you may have shared that you were expecting. Yes. And I like reached out and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so happy for you. That's amazing. What are you due? And then you were like, July 22nd. And I was like, holy shit, I got to tell her right now. Like, (laughs) wait a minute. Cause like we had it like shared, shared. Um, and I was like, oh my God, you're never going to guess what. And you were like, don't even, and I was like, dude, same due date. And then we found out we were both having girls and it was just like, oh my God. Oh my God. I know it's insane because I had two boys. So it was like, I didn't find out the gender with the first two. I was my, really, that was my husband's wish was to be surprised. And the first one, it was really hard because not that I'm a control freak, but I kind of like to know what to expect just so I can sort of get planned mentally. Um, Mm -hmm. But there was a magic in not knowing, I will say, having done it twice, I was like, okay, that was really cool. But then once they said boy again, I was like, oh my God, I need, like, if I'm going to have another baby, I have to know that the reason I'm that physically ill is because there's a girl. Like I needed to know that there was like a prize at the end. So it was because I was much sicker with her. And then when they said girl, my husband was like, absolutely, we'll find out. And we did. And I was like, I knew that already. Like psychically, I knew that there was a girl because the boys did make me sick. Um, cause I always get morning sickness. Um, but it was doable. I was still working full time at that point as a nurse in the hospital setting, which we'll get into. Um, but it was just crazy. Like I went to work taking care of patients, fully pregnant. And then by the time I had had her, thank God I scaled back because I would never have been able, I couldn't even get off the couch. Like how would I have done that? I nurses yeah. like that's It's incredible what they do, like literally working their whole pregnancy lifting people doing all these things is crazy yeah no it's Mm -hmm. wild and it's so interesting what you just shared about you know knowing and preparing and things like that that's really I mean a huge piece to my own pregnancy my own postpartum I I truly swear that I think I had the experience that I did because of the preparation that I had up front and I think that that's like quite honestly, the biggest piece of my mission, like not only is this, this podcast of course is for, you know, new moms as well, but any soon to be moms, like, listen, like 
hear what's happening, soak up those positive birth stories. Like you just like, I don't know. I just feel like it's the more you realize how many other women are going through it with you side by side, it's that essence of support. And truly, I say this all the time. I feel like I just said this on another podcast that I recorded, but like motherhood is a sisterhood. It is not meant to be done alone to whatever capacity. And that's not to say necessarily like, you know, you and your spouse, you and your partner, but like truly like your family, your friends, your community, like outwardly, like it's just, it makes such a difference. Um, So I'm really excited for us to dive into your experience. Um, As you heard, Noelle is a mama of three. Again, like, holy moly. We're not going to get into the multiples necessarily. Um, (laughs) That will definitely be a podcast episode to come. Um, But I want to just give you a minute to really introduce yourself to the listeners, share a little bit about your background, because not only do you have that personal background of being a mom, but you also have a, I mean, running list of professional um, credentials as well. So let's share that. And then um, we'll dive into more of our topic, which is all about like recovery in those early days, especially talking about C-sections, because that's not something that I can speak to. And I know you certainly mm-hmm. can. Yeah. Hydrate, hydrate. Don't Please drink. My <laughs> fully addicted to Starbucks. Just that, that should have been in my bio. <laughs> I'll make sure that that's in there. There was a lot in my bio. <laughs> I'm like, on a scale of one to psychotic, where are we? (laughs) You were so thorough. I loved it. I loved it. Guys, I hate to break it to you. You might not see the full bio in the episode description because I honestly don't know if there are word limits, um, like character text, but go to Noelle's Instagram. We'll share that with you in the episode description. I will be finding a way to use that bio because- It was beautiful. I just never have a minute to myself, so- to even really think about myself. So when I really wrote it all out, I was like, I guess I have done a few things over the last several years, like give myself credit, right? So, and nurses- are incredible. Thank you. Nurses do love their acronyms and their little titles at the end. And I guess I've gathered a few over the years. Um, But basically, um, I won't get into my whole backstory. That's definitely another story for another time. But my name is Noelle Curtis. That's my married name, formerly Noelle O'Donnell. I had to let that go um, because I started as Noelle O'Donnell as a nurse um, almost, I don't know, maybe eight years ago. Um, so while I feel like I've been doing this forever, I really, I feel like I'm still new, like in my world. Um, but I've just worked at such a high capacity working in the ICUs and stuff that it feels like an eternity. Um, but basically... I'm a pediatric nurse. I'm certified, board certified as a pediatric nurse. I also um, have worked in many other areas. I work in postpartum. I work in mother baby. I work in the nursery. So I am a jack of all trades, I guess you would say. Um, And I really love being a float nurse. That's what it's called because I can go anywhere, wherever there's a need. And I love that. Mm -hmm. And I try to take that into my home life as well. So I'm also on the path to become a professional breastfeeding counselor. I'm getting accredited hopefully at the end of this year. Um, I had wanted to finish sooner, but I have three kids under five. So a lot of my goals had to be augmented to obviously focus on them. Um, What else have I done? I also have certifications in life and wellness coaching. I actually started that before I became a nurse. Again, that's a whole nother path that I thought I was going to go down um, strictly. 
And I got my Reiki certification um, almost a decade ago with my mentor who has since passed. Um, So I've done a lot of credentialing and a lot of studying. And initially, I was actually going to be a doctor. That's a whole nother story. (laughs) But um, basically, all of my paths have led to the same place of wanting to help others and nurture them and educate them. And that's why I love being a nurse, because I get to do all of that not just at work, my phone is blowing up every day with people reaching out with concerns about their sick baby or um, with breastfeeding help. Like I just love what I do and it's definitely my passion more than a career. So I'm really honored to be here and I'm excited that I get to have a captive audience, as my husband would say, (laughs) who wants to hear me ramble. So I'm happy to talk about whatever whatever questions you guys have, whatever concerns you have. I know there's so much information out there and I always caution my patients to avoid Googling if they can and try to um, mentally prepare themselves more than anything. I'm a real big advocate for mental health and being like an educated consumer as both a patient and a mom. Like when you go to your appointments, I always say, um, really try to ask the questions there while you have your provider rather than Google things late at night, because I feel like there's a lot of misinformation. And part of why I'm here today is to help kind of demystify some of that. And again, while I'm not giving medical advice, I always like to give that disclaimer. This is not a medical setting. I definitely want you to feel like you're getting something out of this. So this is a source of education and um, anecdotal uh, advice from my personal experience, having done it three times. So, mm. well, I feel like you—that was amazing. <laughs> I'm like, you always have a captive audience with me, so like, <laughs> I'm here. I I'm soaking it all up. I think, um, thank you so much for sharing all of that, and I think it's so beautiful. Truly, the common thread that you find throughout, you know, really all of the different paths that you have explored throughout life, because you do, you have that nurturing essence to you. I mean, you have so much, but like, I feel like the nurturing side is just, is one that's like so undeniable. Um, And every time we connect, every time I see you show up for your community, I just like, you see that, like you just pour into people and you also are so authentic in the way that you do it. Um, So truthfully, like, know that this space right here, we are co-creating it not only with each other, but like with everyone who's listening. This is like a bunch of mamas just sitting here talking and like, please feel authentic in the way that you show up right here, just as you do with your girlfriends when we're chatting, when you're live on your Instagram. Um, Because at the end of the day, like that's, that's what people want. Like people want to know, like, either one, they know going into it right now. So our topic that we're going to focus on is those early days recovery, specifically with a C-section delivery. Um, Again, Noelle has experienced this and I couldn't imagine someone uh, more appropriate to have this conversation. Um, But what was I going to say with that? (laughs) I don't know. Anyways, we move on. So like... (laughs) I just want you to feel like really show up in this conversation, how you would chatting with, with your girlfriends. Um, so tell us a little bit about, I know, again, you've shared, you have three, um, you've had a C-section for all three, correct? Yes. Okay. So 
share with us a little bit about um, leading up to Patty's birth, what that kind of looked like. Did you know that you were going in for a C-section? Was it a surprise? Can you share a little bit about that? And then maybe from that, how that may have um, inspired the conversations for your other two? We'll start there. Great question. Um, I did not know I was having a C-section initially, (laughs) Patty until about two days prior. So the whole time I had gone to birth classes, I went to, I don't know, I feel like I did all the things. I did the breastfeeding class, the prenatal education, the childbirth readiness. I brought my husband to the hospital. We did the birth tour. We did everything. I fully went in thinking I was having a vaginal delivery and I was terrified of it. Truthfully, I'm going to just say it out, right? Yeah. Like nothing scared me more than the unknown of a vaginal delivery just because I, in the past, like whenever I've, I don't have great pain tolerance. Whenever I've had any sort of like issue in the past, I would pass out. So I was terrified of having that kind of delivery. So that's why I did so much preparation. I did prenatal yoga every week, probably a couple times a week, just to calm my anxiety. And then you know, as my pregnancy was moving along, very healthy, but very big, you know, like my belly always gets really big. And by the end, they were like, you're really big. Like not you, but the baby. Um, he's measuring, I, I didn't, again, I didn't know the gender. Um, they were like, uh, the baby's measuring really large, um, very healthy, but definitely getting to that point where we're going to have to discuss having surgery. And I was like, what, what, Mm. sorry, what? You know, being a nurse. Wait, I was, and when was this? When was this time? my last visit. So I want to say I had probably gone to more like growth scans than the regular person by the end. Even though I was not high risk, I was only 30 at the time. Um, I had no risk factors, healthy pregnancy, healthy prenatal visit, no gestational diabetes, nothing else going on. But his, I was a large baby. So I had told my doctor when I was pregnant, I'm like, there's a good chance I'll have a big baby. Um, And she said, okay, we'll keep an eye on it. Your husband was a twin. He was small. So maybe, you know, the baby will be average. And I was like, "Mm, probably not. I'm going to tell you that the baby's going to be big. I think you should listen to me. And Literally, I want to say probably the, I'm trying to think. So... Maybe the, this is going back five years, the 36 or 37 week scan, which is pretty much your last actual ultrasound is when they were like, okay, this baby's really big. Uh, we're going to probably do a C-section. And I was like, what? We're, we're doing that. I don't have a say. And so I felt mm-hmm. so disempowered and being a nurse, I was like, absolutely not over my dead body. I am not going under anesthesia. That scares me even more than the vaginal delivery, (laughs) just the unknown, because I hadn't done any research. And to be honest with you, usually in nursing school, you kind of see both types of deliveries. I actually never saw a C-section. And I think that God did that for a reason, because if I, having seen what I see now, it's very invasive and we'll get into all that. But I'm glad that I went in kind of with it being a late decision because if I had known that the whole time, I would have been that girl Googling, worrying, asking around, freaking out. I think it really happened for a reason that they kind of 
it was a late game decision, I would say. And we did spend probably 10 minutes going back and forth discussing during that visit. My husband was like, we have to do what's safest for the baby. And your provider is telling you that it's safer for you because of the risk for having birth trauma. Mm -hmm. safer for the baby for the risk of shoulder dystocia, which is when they're basically like, they can get injured basically when they're that big going down the birth canal. So on both ends, it was the safest, healthiest choice for us to have safe, healthy mom and baby, which is what I wanted. And so I did agree. I did consent to it. But um, I will say that initial day I cried. I was really upset because I wasn't prepared for it. And I can only imagine what moms feel like when it's an emergent thing, when they're yeah. they, when it's happening, like you pushed for 12 hours and you're, you're going to the operating room. I can only imagine like that breaks my heart because you you have you feel so disempowered. And so, you know, I'm sure violated in a way because you're just there's you feel like you don't have a say. But um, I think it is a great lesson in motherhood knowing that like sometimes you're not in charge as mm. much as you want to control everything. Sometimes that decision has to be made to protect your child. And in my head, that was like, whatever is best for the baby. And I just let go of whatever made me feel nervous or feel afraid. I just said, I want my baby to be healthy. I don't want there to be issues. And if this is what's best for him or her at the time, I didn't know, do it. And then uh, we basically scheduled because that's what happens. You pick a day. So you schedule the day. And um, yeah, literally we went that day to have the, uh, like, I, I would say the day we went for that appointment, it was probably maybe 10 or 12 days prior to the actual C-section. So I had time to go home and like repack my bag, which I'll get into because you have yeah. to prepare for a little bit different situation. <laughs> Um, and, uh, the day we went for surgery, I think she was trying to maybe squeeze me in as, um, an add on is what it's called. An add on for Mm -hmm. surgery means like you're not on the actual operating room schedule. You're getting basically penciled in, um, when there's an opening and we pulled into the parking lot and they called and they said, we're so sorry. There was an emergency as those happen. And uh, we're going to have to have you. I'm so sorry. I know you've been waiting all day to eat. You haven't eaten anything since after midnight because you were having surgery. We're so sorry. Like, we're so sorry. You have to. It was my doctor and I'm obsessed with her. Love her. She was like, Noelle, I'm so sorry. Go, go to the diner right now. Go eat something. Go have a tuna melt. Go eat something. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I was like, what? She literally was like, I'm so sorry. I'm coming in on the weekend for you. I don't even work on Saturdays. I think it was a Saturday. I have to like rack my brain because I've had three. She's like, I'm coming on a day I don't normally work. I will bank you first case. I am coming in to do your surgery. Come back tomorrow. And I was like, oh, my God. Can you imagine? Yeah. Well, first of all, no. I'm hearing you share and reflect on everything when you found out in that appointment that it wasn't going to be a vaginal delivery and you, you know, came to terms with it. I shouldn't even say that you came to terms because quite honestly, you probably didn't in that moment. And like for all everyone listening, like rightfully and understandably so, like I cried when I found out that I needed Pitocin and I had like, it wasn't even in active labor for, you know, however many hours. And it, it there, it's just this point. It's like, 
a shift of, and quite honestly, like I, I was preparing for the potential need of intervention throughout mine. I knew that my mom needed Pitocin, my sister needed Pitocin. And that's not to say that it's necessarily like a genetic or hereditary thing. Maybe it is. I don't know. Again, definitely not a doctor, guys. Not even close to a nurse here. But like, I... I just, I'm listening to you and like, I have actual tears like welling up and I'm just like, I want to give you the biggest hug because I can't even imagine what that felt like. And it truly is something that like, it does stick with you because here you are still sharing it. And like, I can feel it coming from you. Like that energy of just like, whoa, like this is how it felt. And it's like, oh my gosh. Anyways. Okay. So, and then to build up this like expectation that like, okay, this is going to happen. Something that you're quite honestly so fearful of happening is going to happen. You get there. You're also like not eating. You're also like how many weeks pregnant and it's your first. And it's like a lot only to be told, just kidding. We're actually going to have you come back tomorrow. And then it's like, are you fucking kidding me? I got to do this all over again. Like what? (laughs) Okay. So did you go have food at a diner? I hope so. You literally went to the diner and had a tuna melt because, you know, you're not supposed to have tuna, um, which I have lots to say about that. Um, <laughs> yeah. I did, and it was delicious. And I was like, you know what? Okay, that was a trial run. That was a rehearsal. Now I know what to do. Um, we can go home, try to relax for the rest of the night, or just cry more. <laughs> And uh, the next morning, it was so smooth. We went in. I was the first case. There were no issues. It was like the dream of like, we're going to, you know, get you hooked up to the monitor and start an IV. And then we're going to get your consent from the anesthesiologist. And then we'll take you into the OR. And then we're going to do your um, anesthesia give you your epidural, give you your spinal, and then you're not going to feel your legs. And I was like, what? (laughs) What? Like, it's so weird. I mean, I knew, again, I had not done research really on this. And I mentally told myself, go in and just trust that they know what they're doing. Um, You're in good hands. You love your doctor. You love your team. You know that they're going to take good care of you. And this is an extremely routine procedure. They do this every single day. It is one of the most safest procedures because they're doing this every single day. You're their first case. They're fresh. Like I had to like give myself a pep talk, you know? Yeah. And I laid on the table. Literally, it's like a crucifix. I hate to say that, but it's like literally like yeah. they um, uh, strap your arms down for safety. They have you on the table and it's like a skinny little table. And you're just laying there in full trust, like, oh, I have literally no, and that is for me with having a history of anxiety and even panic attacks at one point in my life, that was very hard. Just like laying Mm. there and letting it happen. It's so different than you feeling like you're doing it, you know? Um, And they were fabulous. Um, I did get anxiety once I felt the anesthesia starting to numb my legs it's a very strange feeling not being able to move but feeling pulling and pressure but no pain mm-hmm. if that 
And so they were wonderful. They talked me through it. They said what they were doing. I said, kind of let me know what's happening without too much detail, but just so I feel like I'm part of it. And they will, you know, and you're behind a screen. So you can't see which you really don't want to see, but your partner can see that once you're anesthetized, they let your, your, your spouse come in and they can definitely take a peek and see. And it's a lot. It's seven, seven layers of tissue, fat, muscle. It's a lot. Like it's major abdominal surgery. And I don't think I even understood that even as a patient, let alone provider, like how much they're cutting through and uh, how the recovery might look, you know, like I didn't even think about that. I, all I could think I had like, you know, my blinders up was I want my baby to be healthy. That's literally all I care about. Obviously I'd like to do well and be able to, um, be okay after but I know it's going to be hard I just want the baby to come out healthy that's all that matters to me and they said okay the you know the baby's coming um you're gonna start to feel pressure and I was like where and they were like in your chest I said oh they said because we have to yeah we have to push down to get the baby out and it's not coming the traditional way which is the other way the baby we're gonna pull up so we're going to have to push down on your chest to basically increase the intra-abdominal pressure to get the baby out of the womb. And so what? they put down. There goes oh, my God. Here. here comes the elephant. I'm down on your chest. And then they pull the baby out. And I heard a scream and I like a good scream, a cry. And I was like, ah! oh, sobbing, sobbing. I was like, oh, my God, I don't care. Whatever. Do whatever. <laughs> Like, I did not care anymore. I was like, that, you can cut me, slice me, whatever has to happen. Oh, my God, the baby's okay. The baby's okay. I have a baby. Holy shit, that's my baby. That thing comes with me. That's my baby. That's not their baby. That's my baby. I'm, like, laughing, crying over oh here. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's this insane. is so beautiful. Yeah. It's insane. And, you know, like you don't hear a lot of birth stories about C-sections. You always hear about vaginal deliveries in movies and whatnot. And again, I'm just trying to like it was it was great. Like it was as literally as smooth as you could ever have one. Um, But it's just so unexpected and uh, not what I planned for. So I was truly like watching it happen like a movie like that was my body. That is my baby. It felt an, like an out-of-body experience, truly, because yeah. um, I think vaginal deliveries truly feel like out-of-body, but in a way that you're like in tune with yourself. This was truly like, I am letting you do this for me to make sure that we're okay. Wow. And I, it's crazy. Like, I don't think I've ever really talked about it before, to even to anybody except my husband who saw it. Because nobody really asks. I feel like they're just like, oh, you're, the baby came out okay. And I'm like, that was a lot. Like, why yeah. does anybody acknowledge that that was a lot? It was certainly not an easy way out. Like, that is a lot. That was, I've never had surgery before. Like, I'm a pretty healthy person. I know some people have had, like, surgeries before. So they've been under anesthesia before. That was the first time anesthesia has, like, ever touched me. And it was definitely a lesson in just like trust that's all I can say it's like just letting it happen letting go not a good not my skill set is letting go is not 
a natural thing for me. Um, but they did a great job. And once I saw that baby, I literally was like, put that baby on my chest. Like, yeah, baby on my chest. I don't care if you have to get a weight. He was huge, by the way. <laughs> like nine pounds, nine ounces. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> and he was the biggest, but nine pounds, nine ounces of pure Irish muscle, as my husband says. <laughs> and he, they put him on my chest and I was like, oh my God. Like all of the symptoms and sickness and complaints and surgery, like, like literally it was like a blip. Like, it just did not matter anymore. And it's almost like it didn't happen. Like, your body was just like, okay, delete. Like, forget yeah. that, the memory. Forget the trauma. Forget the pain. Because this is why it's worth it. You don't care about anything else anymore. And, like, nothing else in the world matters. It's, like, such a present and grounding experience, right? Just having that baby on your chest, like, it felt very natural and mm-hmm. very, like, I don't know. Like I didn't, I, I can't explain. It just felt right. You know, like very natural, very, um, intuitive. Like, and then the baby latched literally, I was like, this baby's on my boob. Like what is happening? What? 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 I'm like, what is, cause I wasn't even planning to breastfeed by the way. Really? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Is that not I'm shocked. (laughs) And here you are going for breastfeeding. I'm still nursing. Yeah. Third is 14, 15 months old. Yeah. I could breastfeed for an eternity. Never planned it. I was so uncomfortable at the idea, but that's another podcast. Absolutely. Um, Mental note. (laughs) Um, But yeah, natural. The baby just was latching and it just again, like they were stitching me up because after, you know, after the baby, baby comes out quick, by the way. Um, typically like you go in, I think I was an 8am case. This is bad. I don't remember his exact birth time because I have mom brain, but they're usually out within 10 minutes. Um, that's fast. That's so fast. 10 minutes like total for the baby. Um, which is, I will say reassuring because when you're sitting there, you know, not in control, you kind of, the every second is, is, feels like really long. So baby was out in about 10 minutes and then they said, okay, so for the next half an hour, we're going to like stitch you back up because we got to put you back together because some things were removed and taken out to make room and got to get back in there and, you know, stuff you back yeah. in. My husband's like, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, that's a new angle. I've you know, never seen all that, you know. <laughs> but oh he's that, you know, my husband's a, a police, he's a lieutenant now. So he's seen it all. I mean, he's seen literal dead bodies. I hate to say that, but mm-hmm. it's just normal for him. So he was unfazed. And I'm over here like, you saw my intestines and you're not like, what? Like, like my small intestines? He's like, it's fine. It's fine. Oh, wild. Okay casual so yeah it takes about then half hour for them to sit you back up and then they um during which point you you know you can bond with the baby a little bit but then they do um depending on your hospital policy it depends where you deliver most of the places just want to make sure they do get a heightened weight on the baby and do a little set of vitals make sure the baby's stable and then they reunite mom and baby 
Um, and that's actually changing a lot now where they want to make sure that that golden hour, you'll hear that term, is the goal. We want to make sure mom and baby are skin to skin within an hour of delivery because that really increases it, it, it benefits mom and baby both mentally and physically for bonding, for um, breast milk production, for all these things. So once you reunite the mom and baby, it really helps with healing from that very second. It helps your um, contractions start to help get that uterus back where it should be. So it's, it's really important. So we were reunited quick, which was good because I needed that baby on me to feel like a, a, a human because at yeah. that point I felt like. I was being sliced open. It was very um, reassuring once I had the baby. And then I got wheeled in because you're on the uh, stretcher, basically. You get wheeled, they take you off the operating table, put you on the stretcher, put baby back on you, wheel you into like a recovery room area. And the recovery room area, you're usually there for, depending on if there's a room available for you, that's typically how it works in a hospital. There has to be a bed available. So, Usually you're in recovery for, I would say, two, three hours because you just had major surgery. They need to make sure that you are yeah. stable medically. So they're going to be checking your blood pressure, checking all your vitals, your temperature. They're going to be looking for signs of infection, looking for signs of distress for you and baby. So you'll have a nurse that will come check on you. At that point, you're finally allowed to drink something. Do you want ice chips? Let's start with ice chips. That's what they usually say. <laughs> We're not going to get crazy. I'm like, I want a BLT. Like, hello. <laughs> hello. They were like, you don't get to eat today. I said, what? Like, again, didn't know that. Because, again, when I had my first, um, I was only working in pediatrics. I'd never worked in postpartum. I really did not know what to expect. And for good reason, because I think it helped me mentally just to, like, go with the flow with the process. Um, so I didn't know that when you have a C-section, you really don't eat that first day. So you're starving going in. And then when you come out, quite honestly, after the anesthesia, you're not super hungry. Some people have nausea. Some people feel dizzy. Some people have headaches. Some people feel anxious. It just depends on the person and how the anesthesia hits you. Like any surgery, right? You know, you may feel funny after. Um, I really wasn't like that hungry, but I had an insatiable thirst. So they let me do the ice chips and pretty much you can advance your diet by the evening to like a clear liquid diet, which means you can have broth, you can have juice, you can have tea and that's it. So definitely different than, you know, a vaginal delivery where you're, yeah. can someone bring me the Italian like hero? I need all the beets. Like, <laughs> oh, thank God. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I hate to even tell you what I had that night, but yeah. I, most people are like, can you pub to the hospital? You know? Yes, you can. You can. I, oh, that you can now. Yeah, I know. Or visitors like now, again, at that, this was 2018 when I had my first, so I could have visitors and I had so many visitors. Um, totally different than 2020. Uh, but, and that, I have a lot to say on that too, but in any event, um, you don't eat that day, but I didn't care because I was like so focused on breastfeeding and especially after a C-section, um, uh, there goes my car shutting off for okay. breastfeeding. I think the biggest thing like for a C-section delivery, 
um, is early initiation. And so I made sure that I had that baby on me as soon as I could because you can't lift, right? So after a vaginal delivery, you can lift, you can walk, you can get up, you can go to the bathroom. You may have a tear. You may have birth trauma and you'll need assistance either way. But it's very different when you've had a C-section because you're in bed basically the first day. They do like to get you out of bed at least once, but you still have a catheter in. You have a, a urinary catheter called Foley that's there to collect the urine because you can't walk to the bathroom, you know? So you have to uh, basically lay in bed. And some people, like I brought a boppy, some people just use a pillow. You do what works to get that baby on, and your spouse, partner, nurse can help get the baby on to your breast. And there's definitely positions that are favorable for a C-section versus a vaginal delivery. Um, for me, the crossbody was better. Um, some people like a football hold. Whatever you can do to avoid pressure on your incision site, that's the goal. Um, so I got the baby on, and uh, thank God that was one thing that worked out really well was um, again, not planning for, but worked out really well was breastfeeding. He just got right on there and went to town. And I was like, okay, I guess I'm good at this because I, my family never, nobody historically in my family on either side nursed. My sister had tried a little bit with my niece and she had, um, she really struggled and she had a lot of, uh, a lot of complications with it. So it, it didn't work out, but that was the only time I had really seen it. Um, and I had seen that my sister-in-law had nursed and with great success with her first. And I was like, wow, okay. Seeing it and seeing what it looks like and seeing the lifestyle, like maybe this could be really great. I know how good it is for the baby. I just was embarrassed. Like I was very shy. Like I didn't want anyone to see my boobs. This again, yeah. first time mom. Yeah. Like, if you ask me now, like literally anybody could walk in and see anything and I would be like, okay, whatever. <laughs> I'm like, also just knowing you the way I know you, I'm like, you shy? Like what? Yeah. But no, I can definitely relate to that. I mean, yeah. especially in the beginning, like I remember, so I did have a vaginal delivery and I remember being so nervous at certain points, you know, the checks and all of that, like still, like I'm even thinking like, ooh. I know when I go for my annual, like, this is going to be different than it was in the past because it's just, again, it's like uncharted territory. And then you're in the moment, you go through it. Everyone is seeing everything. Like, everything. it doesn't matter who's walking in. I mean, yeah. there's, I hate to say it, there's blood, there's poop, there's that, like, it just, it happens. Oh, yeah. And then you're just like, whatever, come on yeah. in. What yeah. do you got to look at? Just tell me what to do. You know, you're just. Has anyone not seen this? Right. <laughs> And it's not to say that I'm not modest to some degree. Like now I certainly am like in life, but I don't know what it just comes to that, especially after, you know, not to say commotion as if it's like a bad thing, but like the commotion, you just, you're just, as you were saying, you're so focused on your baby and like them and like, uh, it's just, it's such a beautiful experience. And I'm so happy for you that you, <clears throat> as um, how do I want to say this? I'm so happy for you that you had the experience that you had. Yeah. And it really came to feel this moment of just like pure magic at the end of it. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm even more happy for you that, you know, the two of you, you and Patty, like had that moment of bonding, you know, right after, and then even in, you know, in the recovery room. And then when you did go into, um, what is even the room after? Postpartum, your postpartum room. Okay. I'm like, yeah. what? I, guys, you would never know I freaking did this. Um, again, it's like such a blur. It just happens and you're just so like, oh, or, you know, just, it's a lot. Um, but especially acknowledging the experience that you had those last, last couple of weeks, that last week and a half of your pregnancy, you know, just to kind of like yeah. bring it back in together. Um, I'm so happy for you that you had that experience and I would be so interested to know. So I obviously knew that like you are suggested to stay in bed, right? Following the C-section, you can't lift and everything like that. But like what else goes into that like recovery side of things? I'm sure like a whole bunch, but so you get through like that first day in a sense of like not leaving, you're not eating, you're yeah. really there. You're not lifting. You still yeah. can't lift for how long after? So immediately, immediately after, a big thing is pain management. Again, you had major abdominal surgery. I tell all of my patients to not be a superhero. That's what they said to me. They were like, we know you're a nurse. You're not going to want to take any meds because we know how you guys are. You think that you are like superheroes mm. and somehow superhuman to the fact that you've had major invasive abdominal surgery so if you need pain meds take the pain meds like don't worry about it and I spiraled because I didn't I took Tylenol and Motrin which is always offered Tylenol is usually every four to six hours Motrin which is an anti-inflammatory is every six hours those are being offered to you around the clock as well as another medication for gas because when they're in the c-section they kind of have to inflate you a little bit, get you open a little bit. Uh, A lot of air gets into the abdomen from being open on the table. And so trapped air causes gas. Where does gas go? Gas rises and ends up in your shoulders. And then you feel these like literal shooting pains. So those are not fun, but not the worst. Um, They give you gas. They offer you gas, little chewables for that. And I would highly recommend taking those because that is for your comfort you want to be as comfortable as possible to take care of that baby when you start to refuse pain management it gets you into a pain crisis and you can kind of spiral backwards not get out of bed not be able to get rid of the, the catheter it really these are the things that like you when you avoid it can cause more problems for you and that's what happened to me I didn't want to take I took the Tylenol Motrin, but I didn't want to take anything stronger. They do offer you stronger pain medicine that they are narcotics. Um, so there is a potential for addiction um, with anybody after surgery. And I think because of how much of a crisis it is in the country, I think it's risky business, right? The doctors are nervous to prescribe them. The patients are scared to take them. Um, for me personally, after having, again, major abdominal surgery, I got to the point where I was in 10 out of 10 pain. I had never really had pain problems in the past. Like I mentioned, like I'd never had surgery. So I I didn't know what to expect. And I was terrified. Um, In my family, we have definitely, I'll be honest with you, there's a, a big problem with addiction on both sides, my mom's side, my dad's side. 
So I had a, a real strong aversion to taking anything that could potentially cause a habit to form. Mm-hmm. And I told my nurses that I said, absolutely not. I literally don't even like to drink. And that's me being real transparent because I'm terrified of becoming like what happened to them. Um, and so long story long, um, about the next day, uh, they were like, Noelle, you need to be able to get out of bed to take care of your baby and to take care of yourself. Please take the medicine. We'll give you the smallest dose possible and just see what it does. Just see what happens. And if you don't like how it makes you feel, if you feel funny, if you feel worse, don't take it again. We have to try. We have to get you to function because you're going to be going home in a couple of days. And if you can't function, who's taking care of this baby? And I was like, okay. Oh, <laughs> I know. And so I did end up needing to definitely take the pain medicine around the clock. And it changed the game for me. It changed the game. I could function. I got rid of my catheter. I was able to get up out of bed. I was able to change myself, take a freaking shower, like take a shower like Amen. little things. And it would just took the edge off enough for me, for me to be able to be a functioning new mom. And that's what I needed. And I didn't have anyone there to like, obviously my husband was like, Noel, hello, telling me, but I don't listen well. <laughs> I'm not a great patient. Um, and that is a very classic nurse thing. We're the worst, most stubborn people. Um, because we know what can happen, but I had to just, again, trust that they were taking good care of me. And I would say my recovery thereafter was super smooth. Um, by day two, you're definitely getting out of bed, being able to, um, eat fully full diet. I went to town. I loved, I literally would go back to the hospital a thousand times just for the food. I loved the hospital. I delivered at Greenwich Hospital. Obsessed. You're so funny. I don't think I've ever heard anyone say that before. Uh, Yes, you do. That's all I talk about. I think when you have a couple kids, like, you get excited because, A, your food is delivered to you. Someone else made it. It's hot. And it's what you want. They call every morning. Hello, Noelle. Um... We're going to place your food order today. What would you like for breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Anything you want. And it's like surf and turf, like real food, not like hospital food. It's really like delicious, hearty, nourishing, warm food, like so good. Um, And so, yes, I, I ate very well. I had lots of protein, which I highly recommend protein after a C-section because of the wound healing. You need protein to pr- promote wound healing and you have a big wound there. So you want to make sure lots of protein and definitely continue to take your prenatal vitamins. That's very important um, for breastfeeding as well. Um, Staying super hydrated, but they make sure they do a good job of that with you because afterwards, after your C-section, depending on how big your baby was, depending on how um, your delivery went, Speaking of Pitocin, getting back to what you mentioned earlier, you do need Pitocin after most of the time for promotion of um, the uterus to go back and shrink. It's called a fundus. They check your fundus. Mm, Um, mm -hmm, Those mm -hmm. deep belly checks where they like grind in your belly button, they're horrible, Um, very painful, very tender. 
and especially after a C-section. I was you- just going to say, oh my God, here, I've complained about them and I cannot even imagine. I like forget because I blocked it out, but they suck. I'm not going to sugarcoat it, but they're quick. They suck, but they're quick. It's like, ow, ow. Like I remember being like, oh my God, please don't touch me. <laughs> yeah. But again, they have the Pitocin running through your IV. They usually continue to give you IV fluid just to make sure you're hydrated and flush everything out. Um, And once they see that your uterus is shrinking back to its normal size, that it's hard, firm, and midline near your belly button, they're usually happy. And then at that point, they typically decide to stop the IV and they say, okay, now that you're not connected, um, we'll keep the IV in if you need some pain medicine or anything like that. But moving forward, we really want you to do everything by mouth. So um, drink by mouth, take your medicine by mouth, um, and not be attached. And that's one sign in the step of being able to go home is to, to have everything by mouth. Some people who I have friends actually went home after one night. After a reflection? Yeah. Holy shit. Yes. I, I stayed the full four nights that you are typically allowed um, that are paid through insurance because I, first of all, was a first time mom. I didn't have any kids to worry about at home. So I was like, hell yeah, I'm staying the four nights. I need help. Yeah. I don't have to at home. I have my husband, but we will work. Like we will fully take the help while we have it. Yeah. And we, we stayed the full four nights. It was fabulous. Um, having the help, having the food and having the support. <laughs> Um, And like I said, that first day, um, you're very much at the mercy of others helping you. It's fully bringing the baby to you. By day two, you start to feel the anesthesia wear off. And why, well, I say that is, yes, you have sensation um, after a few hours after surgery, your legs do come back to you. But that second day, the pain part of the anesthesia wears off. That's like when the pain crisis hit me, as I mentioned. So day two, I would really encourage you to definitely get ahead of your pain um, if you can, because it gets so painful when the soreness kicks in. It's like when you work out and then the next day you're like, oh my God, what did I do? All of that manipulation of tissue, pulling and tugging, all that soreness starts to happen. The inflammation of surgery starts to happen. So I would definitely make sure that you are taking the pain medicine that you need to your comfort with your provider's, you know, um, plan, talk to your Mm -hmm. nurse, talk to your doctor, um, so that you can get out of bed and move because early moving really promotes a better, smoother recovery for a C-section. So interesting. The sooner you get out of bed after any surgery, really, the better you tend to do. Mm. Day two, get, got to get up and move little laps around your room. If you want to get crazy, you can take laps. It depends on your hospital if they have a nursery or they don't. The hospital where I deliver at that point was not baby-friendly. Baby-friendly hospitals have no nursery. They have all the care done in the room. That's called rooming in. Okay. So at that point, I could send the baby to the nursery to get a break, to sleep, to eat, to shower. Some hospitals, and I highly recommend knowing this, and that is one piece of research I would encourage you to do, is to find out if your hospital is baby-friendly or not. Because if they have the nursery, 
you can send the baby to the nursery. They can do the testing there. They can do, um, you know, feedings there. If you're formula feeding, they can help feed the baby if they have time, of course. Um, but if it's a baby-friendly hospital, the baby-friendly hospital initiative really encourages early breastfeeding and is very pro-breastfeeding. And so I would say those are going to be the hospitals where your baby is with you the whole time in the room. The nurse is coming to check the baby in the room. They're going to do the testing mostly in the room, hearing tests, blood tests, all that stuff for the baby, um, which is great. I mean, if you want to breastfeed, that's what you want really, because that is going to help you. They're going to have lactation consultants there. They're going to have all the support you need to promote the best outcome for you and the baby. If you're interested in breastfeeding, um, Sorry, that was a tangent, but in any event, really relevant, uh, really yeah. good to know before, like when you do your hospital tour, that's a great question to ask. Um, is this a baby-friendly hospital? Do they do rooming in or is there a nursery? So that keep that in your back pocket. Um, but like I said, day two def definitely is the painful one for me. Um, and then by day three, that's when your milk is starting to really come in, day three, day four day five because really the first two days is mostly colostrum production which is those small yellow drops of liquid gold and it's small amounts small volume the baby doesn't need that much their belly's really tiny at that point so you're not going to be doing like the major cluster feedings that first day the baby's still very sleepy because they think they're in the womb so that's like when you really should rest especially after a c-section any delivery but definitely after your surgery like take that time while the baby is sleeping because that's probably the only time where you're actually going to sleep for a while mm. um day two your milk slowly starting to come in supply and demand is established um the baby's starting to get more alert more like kind of nocturnal day three is when you feel engorged that milk is like oh my god like huge boobs i don't know where they came from i don't know what's happening <laughs> i never had in my life like what is happening um they're huge uh and you figure it out and then the baby starts to be like up at night and then the cluster feeding and you're just like oh my god so day three is an adventure that's also when people want to start visiting and you're just like oh god now I have an audience for for all of this for my surgery for the baby I'm like does anybody want to bring me Starbucks right. I would really love some Starbucks <laughs> <laughs> um yeah that that's a fun day and then day four okay we're preparing for discharge we're gonna do your you know discharge instructions we're gonna go over your post-op recovery tips things like that are you ready to go home and I was like no okay <laughs> I'm right there with you we so the time in which we had Frankie it was so early in the morning right so my water broke literally 25 hours before we actually delivered her. It was not 25 hours of labor. Let me just make that right. very clear. Okay. I only think I had like seven hours of labor given when I like actually started to feel things happening. Right. Um, but we, the, when was it like the morning after our doctor, the OB had come in, we had a midwife deliver, but the OB came to do rounds and check on us. And let me tell you, I was very proud to tell him that I did not get that epidural like he thought I was going to because it was like a huge like F you to him kind of. I was like, oh, yeah, like <laughs> anyways, that was just me um, to each their own. There's no shame, but I was very proud because he was a little forceful with it. Um, anyways, 
he had asked or had let us know that technically based on the timing in which we had her, we could opt for another night. And similar to you both, we were like, yeah. And my mom was here. My mom flew in and I remember texting her being like, Hey, we're actually going to stay one more night. Um, yeah, I'm just like, not ready. (laughs) Like I was honestly like a little scared to go home again. Like, and I think, you know, there's no shame in that. Like first time, even second time I could imagine wanting to stay. Um, again, just, it's another night of a lot of support. And I think for us more so the first time was just like, we didn't know, we didn't know, like we had, you know, a niece and nephews at that point. Um, and I had been around babies, you know, my youngest sister was born when I was about to be 16. Like I was not shy to changing diapers and defeating and all of this, but it's so different when it's your own. Yes. I mean, let alone like guys, you put them in a fucking car seat and you drive them home. Like what? And our hospital was only 10 minutes down the road. And I was like sitting in the back seat, like Colin, Colin, go slow, go slow. You know, this merge is, this lane is merging into one. Like, uh, you know, yes. We were also in the middle of summer and like, I couldn't even imagine if we came home in the dead of winter and like what that would have felt like with snow and oh God. Anyways, um, it's so interesting, you know, you sharing that, but it is also this like really exciting time to bring home the baby. And I think, you know, I full transparency, everyone listening, this is so not the podcast that I thought we were recording today, but it was a <laughs> really beautiful podcast. Like I, I am so, first of all, I'm so happy for you, Noelle, that you had the space to just tell your birth story. Thank you. Like one, one of three. I mean, let's do it for each, honestly. And um, because I can only imagine what that feels like. Yeah. Coming from an, a place of not telling it often. Um, I know what it felt like for me to record Frankie's birth story for the first episode of this podcast. And I had kind of told it here and there. I'd written it, you know, in reflection of like her first birthday. And it's just, it's such it's such a beautiful experience to, to relive that and to like really remind ourselves of truly how powerful we really are. And, and like one of the most beautiful transformative life-changing experiences. So I'm again, not at all what I thought we were talking. I mean, it was, but like, we didn't get into like the meat of the, the, I mean, we did, we talked about the early days postpartum. You talked about the first four, but I'm like, oh my God, what do you expect when you go home? And like, you don't have that. Like I have so many questions. Um, there can be a (laughs) follow-up. I'm like, I feel like we need to do like a part two of this because women who are preparing for a C-section are probably like, holy shit, I didn't realize all of this. Or like, I'd only heard this a couple of times and they want to have that opportunity to listen to another one and another experience. Um, so first I would love to ask if we could do a follow-up to this as far as like a part two. Um, okay, good. You all heard it here. There's going to be a part two. Um, so we'll have to schedule that recording, but I want to make sure that there wasn't anything else that you wanted to, to add before the discharge. And then I would love to wrap with um, you sharing your recommendations for a a hospital bag. If you know that you're having a C-section or even like a couple of like must-haves just in case, like you never know. Um, Okay. So let's do, 
wrap up of like anything that you wanted to add before we transition to the hospital bag. And then we're going to give it a close with you sharing everyone um, where they can find you to just soak up more of, I mean, God, you're just amazing. Okay. Let's do that. (laughs) Um, Okay. So I would definitely say when you are doing the hospital discharge, it can be very overwhelming when the nurse comes over to talk with you about discharge instruction. I would just really try to caution you to pause. Have your husband take the baby. Listen Mm. to what they're going to go over, what to expect, reasons to come back to the hospital, reasons to call your doctor, reasons to go right to the ER. These are very specific instructions. If you have a fever over 100.4, if you have period-soaked pads, more than like three pads in an hour, go to the hospital. These are things that you really want to look out for because you've just had major surgery. You're now going home and you're going to be so focused on that baby that you're going to forget about yourself as a patient and you're going to feel really, really scared if you don't know what to look out for and what's normal and what's not. And we can get into that on the next episode about like what to expect for the next six to eight weeks because you're not going to be seen by that provider for two weeks. You go for a two-week wound check with your OB. At two weeks, they're going to check the wound. They're going to check you out, ask how you're doing postpartum mentally. Mentally, because I will say having a C-section can increase your risk factor for postpartum depression. Mm. Get into that on the next episode. At your six to eight week follow-up, they're going to make sure that you're recovering well. And again, we can get into all that. But the immediate post-op Please make sure if you have a fever that you call your doctor. If you're soaking those period pads, you need to go to the ER. Like you are going to bleed after a C-section. It is normal to bleed for six to eight weeks after a C-section. It may be like you have a light period and it just may be a little bit of spotting. But that is to be expected. That's not abnormal. But when you are soaking a period pad more than three in an hour, that's an emergency. Um, And then other things, obviously foul smelling discharge, not a normal thing. Things are coming out smelling weird, looking funky, worth calling your doctor. The nice thing with OBs is they always have an on-call provider or a midwife. I had had an OB, obviously I had surgery. So if you're having C-section, most likely it's an OB, not a midwife, you know. They are the ones performing surgery. You call their office. You can even call. They have a warm line. At the hospital, the warm line is a special phone number for patients who are recently discharged from the postpartum area that you can call, speak to a postpartum nurse. They can Mm. talk you through their concerns. I highlight all my patients' numbers, the warm line when I'm discharging. I said, if there is nothing you retain from this conversation, (laughs) call me. Somebody has to answer. That is literally an open line for your concerns at any hour. Nursing is 24 hours, not nine to five. There's always someone in the postpartum area that can answer your call. So never be afraid that you are without help and support. There's always someone on the other end of that phone. That's what I would say. Number one, um, packing your bag. You don't need a lot because after a surgery, they have to give you everything. Mm. So I need to sound like (laughs) take everything from the hospital, but Really, they're going to be taking care of you. They're going to be checking your wound. They're going to be giving you pads. They're going to be giving you mesh underwear. And now they have like a special kind of underwear that's not as abrasive to the C-section incision. Whether you got stitched or stapled, it can cause some friction. So 
they'll have high rise underwear they're going to provide you with. What I would recommend is a robe mm-hmm. that is cotton. So it's soft, especially if you're going to be nursing, because it's just easy to throw that on when visitors decide to come. Or if you want some discretion when you have a million providers checking you every day, um, high waisted pants is fine. Not my personal favorite. I prefer a dress. They have them on Amazon. They have those cute little dress robe sets and they even have the matching uh, little baby, like um, basically a swaddle blanket. Yeah. And it's really cute. I love those as gifts for moms who are having C-sections because it's just easy on the go. You can just lift up your dress, check my wound, do what you got to do, pull out a boob. I really love a dress. (laughs) That's really it. I mean, what, what, Really, you're going to be doing is like the part two of the episode. Once you go home is more of uh, what I would like you to prepare for home, what you should have in your home, how you should set up your home differently, having everything nearby, because you're not going to be going up and down steps for the first two weeks. You're not going to be driving a car for two weeks. You're not going to be doing any kind of activity, physical or sexual, for several weeks. So... Just putting that out there. Um, So just really, like, I would say less about what you're packing in your bag and what about what more you should think about is what you're packing in your mental load of Mm -hmm. going in and really trusting in the process that they're going to take good care of you. Being able to speak up when you're in pain and don't be a hero. Like, please just let them help you. Mm, I love that you just answered my final question before I even asked it which is I mean I assume that this would be your answer um is what is one thing that you would want every new mom to know before going into this and I think you just shared it it's it's the mental side of things yeah Yeah. trusting the process not speaking up not feeling like that they need to be a superhero yeah oh my gosh Noelle I again like (laughs) This was, I mean, I learned so much from this. I'm so appreciative for this conversation. And I just feel so like, God, this is what I get to freaking do. Like, how amazing is that? I could do this a million times. I love this. It really is. It it fills me up. And I really hope that someone gets something out of it. And that it resonates with moms who are about to head into this journey because there's so much, so many opinions out there, either way you go, right? So many opinions on the internet, on social media. And it's really hard to tune that out. And it's really hard when you hear, you know, traumatic stories, um, just to have like, someone lay it all out there and give you kind of a heads up can be huge and make you feel less alone and really normalize this process because it's so common now. So yeah. common, you know? No, it's true. I think that's definitely one area that I could have done better with is looking at more um, more information on C-sections. Yeah. Quite honestly, I just prayed, yeah. you know? Yeah. But at the end of the day, like I myself, you know, was at risk for one, at risk yeah. for one. I'm yeah. doing air quotes right now, guys. I know you can't see me, but like, and just again with the timing of things with my delivery and my water breaking being GBS positive and waiting to start Pitocin like I that was something that had come up that they did warn me that could be something and oh my god I can't even imagine 
um, what that would have felt like, again, not being prepared. And I'm such a planner. I'm such a preparer. Um, Well, this was amazing. And I'm like, oh my God, we need to record part two because quite honestly, I don't want to release this until part two is with it because the women are going to be like, what the hell? Like, I need to do part four. What do I do when I get home? (laughs) I know. Um, This is amazing. And again, thank you so much for sharing your beautiful birth story. I just... I'm thank you for giving me a platform to do so because it just was very cathartic to really let it out I I had hit it somewhere in my heart and not really I really have not talked about it a lot I really haven't yeah well I'm so honored and so appreciative I want you to take a moment just to um share with listeners how can they connect with you um because I'm sure that they're, again, like, nope, guys, Noelle is a freaking gem. I just like, I could listen to you talk all day. You should start your own podcast, Noelle. I would fucking listen. Thought about it. I don't know what it would be called. We can think about it. (laughs) I got you. We can, we can brainstorm. I'll share with you all the things that I've learned along the way. You just do it messy and that's, that's that's, motherhood. Yeah. I, I always do things messy. I don't, uh, like I said, I, I trust. I if I want something, I just dive right in, and I know that you know the parachute will somehow I'll find one. <laughs> That's right. It'll yeah. just come. So, um, um, share with everyone. How can they find yeah. you? I have an Instagram account called Be Well with Noel. I have my own wellness business now, so you can go ahead and follow that, um, where I share a ton of things about holistic health, about natural alternatives to things. Um, and my semi-crunchy lifestyle. I am not 100% crunchy, but I definitely appreciate a good crunch. Um, and you can follow me there. You feel free to message me. If you have any questions about anything I shared, I would love to chat with you. Um, if you want to email me for any kind of inquiries, I also have bewellwithnoel at gmail.com. That's a great place to send that. Um, and now I cannot wait to talk on part two. I love it. Thank you. Everyone have a great day and we will have Noelle back on soon for part two. Okay. Thank you so much, Chelsea. I love you. Love you too. Have a great day. (laughs) Okay. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode on the Cultivate with Chelsea podcast. New Mamahood is truly a journey and I'm so appreciative to be on it with you. Until next week, with care, Chelsea.